0: Thanks for listening to Reawaken Creating community and meaningful action To shift paradigms in mental health, trauma and addiction A podcast by The Humane Clinic Hosted by Matt Ball and Stephanie Mitchell And produced by me, Rory Ritchie A.k.a. Producer Dan Incidental music by yours truly And our theme song is
1: Hope by the talented Ad Mull Everywhere people, in every place All of the countries and each race Need your hope. That's what this word is in need. Hope is the real water that sprouts the seed. Hope is the thing that stops. Hi, welcome
2: to Reawaken. Um, we're back again. I'm Matt.
3: I'm Stephanie.
2: Rory, and we're very fortunate to have Kane, a dear friend of ours here. Hi, Kane.
3: Hi.
2: Um, so today we're going to just talk a bit about an open dialogue informed model that we've rolled out here at the Humane mm. Clinic. Um, it it just came up for me the other day that we're not doing uh, we haven't all trained in three year long open dialogue courses but Mm -hmm. we've done various bits of training around open dialogue Mm -hmm. group therapy, family therapy you've done different psychotherapies and we've set up what we call the humane dialogical project Mm. Um, Kane did the poster, if you ever see the poster (laughs) (laughs) thanks, Kane. and um, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about what we offer, which is limited, mm. but also the types of, not, not the individual stories, but the, the, the groups of people that have ended up finding our service mm. and how we've experienced that. Mm. So that we can see that these different models and ideas that come out mm. have a variety of uses. We don't need to get stuck in the, all right, this is for this, this is for this. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we could have a yarn about that.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
2: You want to start? You want me to start? You can start. All right. So, look, we we did some open dialogue workshops in Sydney, Mm. and I've done some in Adelaide, and you're doing a family therapy training, which has had open dialogue influences. Um, Others who've done done some open dialogue informed network meetings here haven't necessarily trained in it, but have picked up on ideas we've been talking about. We've tried to use it sometimes as a tool in the workplace, open dialogue meetings, when there's been problems and dilemmas. Um, Not always, but we've tried to. And the ideas, of course, are around hearing everybody's dialogue, hearing everybody's problems, Mm. the immediacy and consistency, sort of psychological continuity. And we've we've tried our best. But what we've done is we've got no money for this project Mm. and no one's about to fund it in South Australia. Um, I remember when I went to open dialogue training and in the health service, and my then boss, who was a bit unkind generally, so it wasn't surprising that he said this, but he said, look, don't get any ideas about actually using this approach in the public mental health system, mm. which I thought was a strange thing, having signed me off going to a training. Mm. Anyway, so when we when we set up Humane Clinic, we wanted to do something, right? Mm, yeah. And we thought we'd well, do it anyway. So we offer a one-off network or social community meeting mm-hmm. For a person who is experiencing distress in their community or network and um, it's a one-off session and you know we understand the principles of a broader model of Open Dialogue but I I feel like we've seen profound things happen in one session
3: Mm, and
2: that's not to say healing is complete and everything's all good but the types of groups that have come through our Open Dialogue Informed project or our Humane Dialogical project have been people that have been in the system for 5, 10, 20 years Mm, and the way I describe it, and you might have a different description, but the way I describe it is that someone in that network has given up believing the things that don't make sense that are being told to them as a network. Mm -hmm. So your son, daughter, friend, loved one, you, yourself, you have a diagnosis of schizophrenia, we know how to treat it here's the treatments, medication, hospital, ECT, whatever, 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 a bit of CBT for psychosis, whatever it is, metapsychosis, CBT, or I don't know, whatever fancy things are out there. <laughs> and somewhere down the line, someone in that network has this incredible courage to say, oh, you know, this 15th antipsychotic, I know we've been promised it's really great and brilliant, but that's kind of bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> and it's not actually going to make any difference. Yeah. And then they find themselves with, or, or this treatment, or that treatment, and then they find themselves mm. with us.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: So you have this, so Open Door originally was about first episode acute psychosis. Yes. We've found it's been about, excuse the language, chron, chronic states of distress. Mm. Yeah. Which are often labelled as treatment resistance. Yeah. Schizophrenia, bipolar, bloody, whatever.
3: Yeah. So I think that's probably good to just pause and maybe take a back step from my end, I'm thinking, mm. just to explain a little bit about open dialogue to the listeners, um, that open dialogue is was first sort of originated in Western Lapland in mm. Finland, um, but it, more broadly it's actually um, been part of family systems um, therapy since kind of the 70s, At the origins of family systems therapy. Um, with books like Paradox and Counter-Paradox and, and various other th- schools of thought around that, um, that the that, that, that distress arises in a network. It's a, it's, it's a system problem, not an individual problem. Yeah. Okay. So then those family system ideas and narrative therapy and other things were taken up in the in Western land as a treatment model and for about the last 30 years they've been researching it they've been doing it you know doing the actual therapy and anyone who comes into their service in that region with a first episode psychosis has a team of people two three therapists that meet with the person in distress and their networks. so it might be family members it might be school it might be work it might be you know people neighbors whoever is important to the person yeah. and that what they find is during the course of treatment people get well they have an 85% um, rate where people don't have a second episode of psychosis. Um, and so, um, you know, whereas I don't know what our, our rates are, but I reckon first episode of psychosis coming into our health service and being medicated and frightened out of your brain and detained and maybe even more traumatised in our system um, because actually what we know is that these experiences arise as out of something difficult and when that difficulty is not acknowledged it can be really frightening to have someone you know not see that um yeah that i wonder what our rates of second episode after a first episode are and i reckon they're pretty high so i think that that's kind of the background to what we're doing which and we don't do just first episode so we have maybe you know a different approach we're just interested in anyone in the networks who are in distress really yeah Come on in, have a bit of a talk about what's going on and then we have these spaces where we see things just shift beautifully.
2: Sorry, Rory, you're going to...
0: No, I was just going to then push you to explain a little bit about what does it actually look like in the room.
4: Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, I think because we're open to trying to meet people where they are as much as possible, A, we've made it free, the one-off session. Because we realised the cost of two therapists in the room for an hour and a half is prohibitive. Uh, the, the, but, you know, Kane's here, and Kane and Steph and I have done an online open dialogue Does in Northwest Australia from Adelaide. You know, so that was a very, uh, I don't want to use odd words, but weird experience mm. in many ways. Uh, uh, two members of a network in Northwest Australia, three therapists, via a big screen TV link on Skype. Um, and and we, we invite the dialogue. So we're inviting mm. people to talk about whatever's coming up. for them. More traditionally, it's a group of people. So the individual and whoever's in their network, whoever's available, um, sit around. Mm. And we, we set, set the scene. We let people know we're going to reflect in front of them uh, on what we hear mm. and try and stay with dialogue. Uh, notice that that we're trying to talk about each problem within the network rather than one person being a problem. Yeah. Um, and and we we allow the community, the network to talk and and hear the dialogue, and then the therapists, two or three of them, sit and pause and reflect together openly. Mm. So we're leaving everything in the room. This really important factor for me is if you if you're doing dialogism, dialogue based work what you're thinking and feeling and noticing has to be in the room. Mm-hmm. There's no point in going out afterwards and going, oh, I really thought this and I should have said that to them. Well, it's not much use to them once they're not there. <laughs> you know. So a big part of this is about having the courage, everyone in the network, and the therapists for me become part of the network mm. in the moments of open mm. dialogue. So then we all have to be courageous enough to name what's going on in the room.
3: Yeah, so. that's right.
0: Often in other settings, the practitioners will meet maybe with the client or patient in inverted commas and then have conversations about the situation away from that person That's and the right. family and make decisions or judgments away from the person.
4: Yeah.
2: I
0: thought that was interesting to hear that that goes on in the room with the whole network. Yeah, and
3: we, we raise dilemmas. You know, it's it's an uncomfortable <laughs> space, you know, from this perspective of things that... Sometimes Matt and I don't even always agree, you know, I think mm. about one family that we met with and you were being quite confronting to, to something that was going on in the room and I yeah. was finding that very uncomfortable.
4: Yeah,
3: and, and you and said so. I did. I was yeah. like, wow, can we just slow down a second? And you said, you look uncomfortable, Stephanie. I said, I'm very uncomfortable. I'm wondering yeah. how this client's feeling. And, and I think that that's the importance of the work is actually what was arising in you was really valid and important to be named just the same as what it was arising in mum dad brother sister friend whoever the person themselves everyone's allowed to say what's arising and i'm allowed to say jeepers creepers what's that like for you know
2: well and i think brothers. in the tradition of staying with dialogue and and really focusing what actually happened it, it, you didn't say necessarily i wonder how the person's feeling mm. i heard you saying this is really doesn't feel right here, and I wonder if we can talk about this in different ways. Mm. And it was beautifully mm. valuable mm. because it was about dialogue between you and me mm. that was part of the network. That's so fine. it wasn't that you were protecting the clients or anything like that. It was that you had a dilemma, mm-hmm. and as a network, we all then have a dilemma. Mm. And I really valued that day. It was so it was so paradoxical. <laughs> and that's where that reminded me in that book you know Mm. you were saying it was so paradoxical for you and i to fundamentally disagree out loud
3: yeah
2: and ironically beautifully empowering
3: Mm. you know not
2: disempowering we didn't fall out about it we just had different experiences in this moment Mm. and if we hadn't shared that Mm. the the network would have missed the opportunity to know where we were mm, and then right. in reflection we would have missed the opportunity to know where the rest of the network was because
3: that's, right. that's what we got to hear is that mm. you know people each people each person in the room valued it, each of us differently and and yeah. um fascinatingly that young man really wanted to meet with you he liked your confrontation yeah so i told him
2: i wanted to box with him didn't i did which yeah. was a bit uncomfortable for everyone, <laughs> but you know, but it was beautiful that you could bring that paradox mm. or that sort of yin yang space mm, mm. so that he had the choice. Exactly. And I think, you know, how does it work? At the end of that, he wanted some individual therapy mm. and we literally, that you know, you, me and Rory were in the room that day as the three therapists and we literally invited him to reflect on who he would like to work mm. with. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder how often that happens. Mm. But I think there has to be dialogue for that to happen.
3: Mm. Yeah, that's
0: right. One other thing I found really interesting was talking about not seeing the problem as the individual or one individual in the network having a problem, but each person bringing their own problems to the open dialogue. Mm. And and
3: I know we have to go to a break, so maybe can we come back with that? Yes, that would be great to Mm. talk about next.
2: All right. We will see you after a break. And uh, Kane may not be here, so thanks for sitting here. I just for, for people listening, I've really enjoyed Kane being here because Kane's been involved with open dialogue practices mm. here, and just n- noticing his reactions when he hears things that he agrees with or disagrees with. That's part of dialogue, right? Mm,
3: that's
2: right. So thanks, everyone. <laughs> thanks for having me in
4: the room. Cool. <laughs> we'll
2: see you after the break, everyone.
3: Welcome back. We've brought Kane in cause we in the um a little bit closer because in the break we were talking to him and he said something really amazing and we thought it would be good to hear that here. Yeah,
4: in the spirit of open dialogue.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Well, I hope I can uh, I can do it justice. <laughs> sure. Trying to repeat it, but I was just reflecting on the that last bit of the conversation about um, the sort of transparency that goes on in open dialogue between the practitioners or the therapists. And how different that is from our traditional mental health systems where um, professionals do tend to have lots of disagreements or differing views with each other when they're having these conversations away from clients. But there's, there's kind of an expectation that um, everyone has to present on a united front in terms of what's communicated to the client. Mm. Mm. And I think that creates, um, you know, it's a bit disingenuous in terms of what's communicated to the client. Yeah. But it also creates a lot of pressure on um, staff or practitioners, you know, because they can then feel quite conflicted. They might have a certain view, but they're not allowed to express it fully yeah. uh, for fear of breaking rank or undermining someone else in the team. Or Yeah. And I think that, over time, can contribute to quite toxic kind of working environments that... Yeah. Um, are experienced by professionals in the mental health system. So mm. open dialogue is really um, really removes all that by making all the conversations, all yeah. the thought processes completely transparent. Yeah. yeah.
3: No one's having to protect egos and various things, you're just allowed to be yourself and I think mm. you said it you know can lead to burnout when you're having to sort of have that conflict in you where oh I've got to pretend I'm on board with this even yeah. though I disagree. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard you use the term "breaking rank." So who wins the arguments that go on in the back room? Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's down to the hierarchy and whichever practitioner has yeah. the greatest authority in yeah. the room. And you know, and that is
2: not then focused on the person who's in distress or the network, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: also want to bring that back to you describing just before the break, saying I was in the room with you and Stephanie doing open dialogue, and the client, the individual had the choice of who they wanted to work with and you were both quite happy if they were more inclined t- to go with me, Yeah. then that was where future therapy would lead rather than meeting in the background later on and Matt or Stephanie saying, well look Rory, we think you're a bit too junior to take on this important <laughs> yeah. case, um, yeah. so <coughs> just yeah. going to yeah. ride roughshod over you here and just put, put you to the background and we'll yeah. come back in and this is actually how we're going to proceed and then... Yeah.
2: Uh, do you know, it's amazing you saying that, because listening to Kane, I could feel, mm. you know, thinking about ECPR that we've talked about, and noticing how you mm. feel, I, I was really angry when you were talking, not not mm. what you were saying, but what it resonated mm. for mm. me. Because, the you know, working in the public system, I remember explicitly being disciplined over splitting from my team's mm. view. Yep. Mm. But the, the team's view was oppressive and hierarchical and patriarchal. Yeah. So didn't serve to the needs of the individual. Mm. And then, and so that was really bringing up in me. And and this is the benefit of dialogue, right? Is that if we just, if we talk about it, we can even say, you know, if we'd done this in a session and talked openly and disagreed, I could even say to you, God, now I know it's a real, anger in you saying that Stephanie because I was in the middle of saying this energy <laughs> you thing you know, and, you're, that, yeah. and we could have said exactly, that yeah. and we don't have to fall out no. we just notice the dialogue mm. we value that we've got different dilemmas mm. just as the network in
3: the whole I think that's so powerful because I think that's what Rory's point was we were mm. going to come back to is that yeah. everyone has this dilemma and one of the things we wanted to talk about is what we notice when we were thinking about talk, doing this podcast like, we want to talk about what we do see in the room and um, what we no- what we notice is that it's it's fascinating that the, the focus m- often the family comes in and they're like, "We've brought our person who's the problem. And over the course of the session the, the, <laughs> everyone starts to see the, the intricacies of the dilemma the, the dilemma mm-hmm. that mum brings that dad, brother, sister friend, neighbor, police officer, school teacher brings, everyone starts to see how, how their dilemma has equal weight is contributing to as much of the problem yes. as as the person who's identified as the problem, yeah um, and there's also something that shifts oftentimes that's really powerful, and that is there's sort of like a sense of maybe in the past there's been um a division or even maybe a coalition depending on you know where where you are in the system mm. so there's like here's the person who in dist- is in distress and he may have one or more al- he or she may have have one or more allies and then you have the people over here who want to fix that person because their life's you know they're saying this person's a problem and and you have this kind of like division between camps of pe- part, people and and what happens is everyone starts to see something else is going on here yeah and usually what we notice is everyone starts to go, actually, I really care about this person. The person starts to sort of talk about how much they care about their network.
4: Mm.
3: And yeah. and then a, then a third thing happens, uh, maybe a second thing, I can't remember where I'm up to in my story, but there's <laughs> Seven. a Seven. seventh thing, a seventh yes. thing probably, yes. <laughs> By the time we get to this, it is a seventh, yeah. 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 Um, Uh, But there's this extra thing that happens where um, we get to hear a story behind the story.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh. We get to hear another story about where this all arose from, um, where where this isn't about... Like, I think about a session we had with this family who was all about the telephone and this person's paranoia over Mm. the telephone, and there was this very distinct shift from... It's not about his paranoia of the telephone. It's about a much deeper story, a yeah. disconnection with everybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, and I want to, you know, I think that's really important, what you've said about noticing yeah. and, and seeing the stories behind the stories, mm. staying with the dialogue. But also, you know, this point that, that Rory and Kane are talking about for the professionals, mm. the network also includes us now and sees that we are not necessarily absolutely on the same page mm. and I do think there's a you know professionals relentlessly get in the way of people's journeys mm-hmm. they don't mean to yeah. but they relentlessly get in the way by their wisdom and knowledge and that's all professional I don't care whether you're a psychiatrist psychotherapist, peer worker, social worker, nurse that's all professions inherently get in the way at times mm-hmm. and I love this idea that that, that, that we remove that for the professionals as well. So the network, not only does it find new space within itself that came as a whole, but when we come into it, they don't have to respond in the shadows of us. Mm. Mm. They respond in, re- in dialogical mm. relationship yeah, yeah. with us. Maybe I can say, gosh, Rory, it's great that so-and-so wants to work with you, but I- I'm just really noticing that this feels very complex. Um, and maybe I can offer you my patronising wisdom. For the, for the, you know, but what that will do if we stay with the dialogue is that somebody else in the network might say, God, that feels really unbearable, Matt you know mm. whereas we wouldn't say that back behind the scenes in the office as we discuss it because yeah. the hierarchy maintains mm. Mm. but that's just going to be representative of what's going on in the system anyway
3: yeah that's
2: yeah. right so it's, it's all encompassing isn't mm. it and we,
3: we sort of join the system Yeah. in the space
2: and that's why we have to be available that's in the system right. as much as everybody else and that seems to be quite different to most other modalities or models of how we come into connection mm. um with, with people. I, I've got to say, I won't go into the story, but just one of my favourite scenarios recently, that it, there was an open dialogue session, but it was later on, but a young chap came to see me, Matt Ball, known for his work with voice was blah, blah, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, by the way, mm. but, but <laughs> that, that was the case, and this young lad's voices chose Rory, over me, <laughs> so it wasn't even just the, the the physical people in the room. It was the voices in the room Ooh, of yeah. this young chap who said there have a problem that skillfully was allowed in that dialogical mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. to choose, mm-hmm. and that I just just pause when I think about it and think, wow, that must must be that must be a sense of the person having a voice and mm-hmm. his voice is being heard, what, yeah. and that 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 feels beautiful.
4: Mm-hmm. I really love that these one-off meetings that you're offering seem to just kind of open up a window of opportunity Mm. for things to change, Mm. to approach things in a different way, Mm. um, new possibilities. um, Mm. As you said, sometimes after years or decades of kind of being stuck in the traditional system, Mm. suddenly things open up and... Yeah, new possibilities emerge
1: yeah and
2: it's yeah. not just whimsical is it? there's reasons for that I mean some of the regular questions are you know we've heard that you don't really think schizophrenia exists people get to ask that you know for a network um, that's been yeah, told your yeah. son or daughter or loved one yeah. is yeah. mum or dad whatever it is schizophrenic treatment resistant and someone in the network's going mm. this kind of doesn't make any sense mm. and I've heard you say that stuff well just being allowed to mm. have dialogue around that or the medication is a massive one you know people often want to say it's not making sense this person being on four Mm -hmm. drugs having tried 15 others i don't think it made any i think they might feel worse Mm. we experience them as more distressed on this drug often they've never had the chance to say that so it's not just lovely environments create change it's that deep dialogue, mm. the richness of being able to be yeah. in dialogue.
3: And we, had, we have one situation which I always think is so striking to how the power of this, someone brought their, their network in and um, during the course of something that was said, there was one family member who um, wasn't part of the core family, was an extended family member and had said something along the lines of, yeah, I do remember when you were a small child that things were tough for you sometimes. And then, and then something had come, and then the person had responded to that. And we, we often joke tongue-in-cheek, Matt, you and I, about yeah. how in these spaces the psychosis we kind of look forward to these mad people coming in, and we're always disappointed that they don't really show up. Yeah, the yeah. people that everyone's it's like, like madness. No, oh, well, it's a bit disappointing because we're looking forward to meeting this very mad person. Yeah. Everyone's telling us about and it's like very disappointing. But really, that's what we get to see. Is that yeah. so? Here, here is a situation, and this person is very agitated and is telling us something. And in in the dialogue with the family and this extended family members, just acknowledges. Something that seems actually relevant to the person the person's sharing something seems disjointed and this family member says God, I remember when you were a kid you got picked on a lot Mm. And all of a sudden this person's speaking about something very important to them And then the family starts to speak about it and this goes on for 30 minutes or so of Speaking in connection about the things that have happened for the siblings arising Mm. out of all these situations that everyone's speaking Mm. about until a moment when there is some family member who discounts the importance of this, and then the psychosis is back again, because it's necessary, because I feel pretty vulnerable right now. If I, I'm thinking if I'm that person, yeah. I feel pretty vulnerable by the fact that you've just said that what is important to me isn't important, so yeah. I'm gonna go back to talking about this thing that um, everyone's saying is the problem.
2: Yeah, I, I love that, and I think that's probably a really solid place to kind yeah. of come to is maybe open dialogue offers a place where, extreme states of distress don't need to exist yeah. when the dialogism is developed and formed yeah. and the relationship is mm-hmm. formed. Because what I hear when you say that is that that person clearly goes into what we would call a dissociotic state. That's
4: right,
3: yeah.
2: Not a psychotic state. No. Because that it's, it's entirely about the connection and disconnection right. in relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and we feel, I think we all here, who have experienced open dialogue at Humane Clinic, the way we do it, um, well, I know for me, I just feel enormously privileged.
3: Mm, mm. Yeah.
2: To share that space. Mm. All right, so we might have you. a wrap. Does anybody else want to comment before we finish? Sorry. Just
0: that I love ending that, moving into, socio, into dissociocotic and psychosis, because I'm excited in the next podcast or two to do more on dissociocotic mm. and maybe some of the hearing voices approach, even, and yeah, Maastricht interview and that kind of.
2: Yeah, lovely. Thanks. Right. Cool. Thanks again for joining us, Kane, and being so important in that dialogue. And um, we'll see you next time on Reawaken as we build community to shift paradigms in mental health, trauma, and addiction.
1: Everywhere, people, in every place, all of the countries, And each race Need your hope That's what this world is in need Hope is in the water that sprouts the seed Hope is the thing that stops you bleed And hope is the ivory in the weed So give hope And live hope And when your kids are hungry Hope. If the system bleeds you dry, have hope. If the situation makes you cry, have hope. Cause now it's time to dry your eyes and hope that that'll keep your dreams alive. I hope that you hope. Cause everyone's future is resting on your hope. Can take the worst thing and turn it around. Hope can find the lost that was not to be found. Hope can make the loser them start gaining ground. Can turn your pennies right back into pounds. This hope can be rebuilt even when it's been killed. And if you believe, your hope will be fulfilled. But people lie just to raise your hope, just to make you think that they're helping you cope. They're selling you eggs without no yolk. They're wearing. Until your will is broke This ain't real hope They don't feel hope They real hope and deal hope And turn it into false hope Then we give up on this war like it's a sinking boat We let each other drown instead of flinging the rope We're turning the place into some kind of joke But we can't laugh. We can't lose hope In these times Why they commit these crimes? Because there's nothing else out here Keeping us afloat Hope is elusive A glint in the eye That something is exclusive A thing they can buy or make excuses, they just sit and ask why Our mistakes are conclusive, hope will just die But I would not lie, Singing you lullaby if hope a try, and hope gets high You'll be bereaved, but you'll also receive Have hope, can be deceived, took this got to believe And hope, don't let it leave, or ever receive Just hope, and then one day, you're going to succeed You can't live without hope, don't go without hope Don't doubt hope but keep you warm When your are shifting with cold Young when you're tired and old. Hope can make a bright man hearty and bold. But hope can find the truth that has never been told. Cause some people take hope and some people fake hope. But you are the people, you people here. You're the ones that I feel are sincere. You're raising my hope. We'll hold your hand when you're feeling secure. Hope will find a way through any long door. Hope will give you guidance when you're feeling unsure. Make a point to the wise even when there's a floor in your belly when you think you need more Stop disease when there isn't a cure Hope will do it all And so much more And so much more And so much more And so much more Hope will do it all And so much more